You're listening to an encore presentation of We the People. You can hear this show live every Friday night from 7 until 8 p.m. Your source for locally how you can get involved to make a difference. Tune in. Thanks for listening. Get out there and make a difference. San Marcos, Texas, Hayes County, and the rest of the world. This is your connection here in San Marcos and Hayes County and the rest of the world coming at you. This is your connection for how you can get involved locally. KCSM.org, and this is our weekly political commentary show called We the People. Rob Rourke, this is I, is your host. And we are here with you for one hour every Friday night from 7 until 8 o'clock. We don't have anybody in the studio tonight, but we got all sorts of things that are popping up all around. We're going to be talking about, uh, oh, the couple open records requests and how they're affecting things. And what is an open records request and how do you do it and why do you do it? Yeah, all those good things. Good evening, folks. Welcome out on a beautiful, it's chilly, but it's a beautiful Friday night to get out. Listen, the air conditioner is not going to stay on for very much longer, but he's going to be complaining about how too hot it is. We got all sorts of things coming at you this weekend. We got a Mardi Gras parade. We have a chili cook-off. We have all sorts of things here in San Marcos, Texas to enjoy. But this is Political Commentary Show. The views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM.org or SMTXCRA. It's Governing Board. We're going to be right back with you. with you here tonight and uh, glad to have you all along with us on this Friday night. This is the 17th of uh, February here in uh, 2022. It was interesting. I was seeing back, you know, Facebook is so good at reminding us of things that we post, you know, a couple years back. And it was uh, 2015, I think. And I was noting that I was out on a walk and the freeze was coming, but all the trees were flowering. And I thought, man, well, I guess spring's a little bit later this year. You know, you always hear these things. It can be any time, folks. This is Texas. I have been, uh, I moved to Texas in 1995. And in uh, the February of 96, 
It was the hottest temperature on record in San Antonio. It was 102 in February in 96. So, you know, I don't really want to hear about it being cold. I know I'm going to hear it out when I'm out at the flea market, sit out with everybody. But, you know, this is beautiful. We're going to take it. Come on downtown. Get out. Enjoy. Be part of your community this weekend, no matter where you're at. Okay? Use the weather to your advantage. Get out there, and when people are about the weather, you just go the other way. And you just say how great it is that you and I are meeting out here in this wonderful day. You know, and you meet your neighbors, and you talk, and you connect. And, you know, you're not going to agree on everything. And there's a lot of stuff at the national level you don't even want to talk about. But there's a lot of things at the local level that you do. All right, folks, there's a lot of things coming up. We have on the agenda, on the political agendas, coming up, the session is going on, the legislative session, and now is when these bills are popping up. Okay, And coming up in two weeks, Faith Howe is going to be here talking about a uh, uh, bill that uh, got wind of this, uh, this week, and it failed to pass... Uh, in previous uh, in the previous session two years ago, but they feel that it's going to make it this time, and it is basically saying that you know don't put you in jail if you are not of harm to somebody. You know this putting people in jail for stuff that's you know and they're they're waiting because they can't make bail. And they are not a threat to anybody. It's causing our overcrowding in our prisons. It's causing a lot of problems. You know, and there's a lot of things that, no, you know, you want to be safe and you don't want to let people out on the streets. I get that. But uh, she's going to come talk more about this in two weeks. And then uh, coming up next week, Matthew Mendoza, our city council member, our new city council member, got elected this last uh, fall. And by a good margin, and there is no questions on his race. Okay, I'll get back into that in a minute. Uh, he'll be here with us on the 24th uh, next Friday, so stay tuned. Um, but I got across my desk, okay, my Facebook feed today from uh, Mana Amiga, but uh, this is uh, Jordan Buckley is down, who has been on the show before. You know, we've had Mana Amiga here, and he's got a thing going called the Caldwell Hayes Examiner, and he is down out of Caldwell County, but, uh, you know, it's just interesting. That's definitely a county that's got a lot of issues, too, besides Hayes County. I'm not going to go either way right now on this, but let's read you what uh, they have. The uh, Hayes County Sheriff's office indicates they were spying on peaceful rally held by Joshua Wright's family on January 22nd. Letter today by General Counsel for Hayes County asked the Texas Attorney General for permission to refuse to honor our open records request for flight logs in HCSO correspondence related to the eerie drone that hovered overhead at uh, the public safety building last month while Josh's loved ones and supporters gathered among a throng of regional media to demand accountability for his unjust killing. Okay, so this was at the, um, so they're asking for the flight logs and the correspondence related to the drone that hovered at the public safety building, okay, last month while they had a peaceful protest. 
All right. This was, you know, now they're not calling it a protest. It's a peaceful rally. Okay. It's a rally. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to put it either way, but I'm just, you know, I'm kind of coming down the middle here that, you know, I can, I can see both sides. But we're going to talk some more about this. If no such flight logs existed for drone surveillance that specific day at 810 South Stagecoach Trail, the county very simply would have replied, no responsive records. But instead, tellingly, they are urging state officials to allow them to withhold the records from the public acknowledging the value of using a drone gather intelligence on protests and arguing of harm that would be done to HCSO if they had come clean about it. Okay, so number one, if this was on private ground, they would have, you know, and they were doing that with the surveillance. I think I would hope that they would have records and that I, I don't think I'd disagree with going after that. I don't disagree with asking for the flight logs and what they're asking for in the way, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But if it was a rally in front of a building, and, you know, it's much easier to, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And if they are looking, you know, this could be a safety issue, and they're trying to protect everybody, and if something would happen, then they would be sued at the, you know, county because something happened and they weren't uh, prepared. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, visual surveillance, you know, with a drone is the best thing. But in this case, you are out in the public. You are out there in plain view. You are in front of a public safety building. If you do not think that you are being observed on county property, wherever you may be, then I'm sorry, you know, I don't know what century you're living in. This is happening and there's all sorts of stuff to, to protect that. Now, if you're on your property and you are inside, you're holding that rally on your property, I would be totally against any, you know, them using that drone to invade your privacy to look in anything along that line. But uh, now, let's go down this track though just a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna come back after the we're gonna take a break here in a minute. But I want to talk about the you know I went in to the uh, uh, office uh, about a week ago and. Uh, uh, of the uh, judge's uh, office, county courthouse, up on the fourth floor. Uh, talked to Anita, and they were busy. And uh, she said they were uh, preparing some information. Uh, there was a, uh, a request that had uh, gone out for public records. And uh, I said, oh, okay, I'm asking for something as well. We'll get into that in a minute. And uh, she said, well, it would help if you'd go on ahead and do a public records request. I said, okay. So uh, we're going to talk on that coming in after the break. But now I know the rest of the story is that, yes, they were scrambling trying to get all of this stuff. Uh, They had a whole bunch of issues going on with this request for public records. 
And uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how this uh, plays out. But I do commend Jordan, you know, uh, for the media and for what he's doing and getting that out there. Whether I agree or don't agree with, you know, I think that it is uh, the stories need to be told. And that is what we have to have is this discourse, this media that we don't have out there. Everyone gets their news from one source, and if you are getting it off your phone, it is a whole nother source, okay? And it's controlled. It gets to you because of certain things, because of the way you think, the way you act, you know, I mean, what you click on, uh, what, you know, they, they've, they've read you. They know your psychology. Throw them a curveball every now and then, it gets real fun. But, you know, click on something that you wouldn't or, or do a search for something really obscure and just mess with them. But you do go and, you know, when you're doing these searches, I use Newsbreak as uh, a lot of folks use that on their phone. And it tends to find certain things. And it will look locally, and I get a lot of these news feeds because I look for local stuff. And but it picks up the same stuff. So if you get it picked up in one place, somebody else will pick up on it. And if you can get your message out there and, you know, get that going, then you can have people that are starting to talk about that buzz and, and get it going. Now, can you survive? Can you make money? I, I think in journalism like musicians, I, I just don't think that there's money to be had there anymore. So, uh, again, I commend uh, Jordan and Mana Amiga. And, you know, guys, keep up the fight. Keep up what you're doing. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I, I want to know more. I'm going to ask Jordan and try to get him back in talking on the show about this. So uh, I'm sure there's another side to it. I'm always interested in hearing other sides. But uh, just on the surface value uh, here, you get the opinions of your host, Rob Rourke here on KCSM.org, True Community Radio. This is We the People. This is a political commentary show. Views expressed on this show. Those are the hosts, the guests, and uh, not anyone else. We'll be right back with you after this public service announcements. Mind Windows. The art of Roberto Rios is on view now through early March via a six-gallery collaboration throughout San Marcos. Mind Windows celebrates more than 50 years of work by San Antonio native Roberto Rios. I imagine the brain as having rooms where images and dreams come to stay, said Roberto Rios. There are doors to each room, and in them there are windows. Open windows invite imagination in, allowing us to dream. Through windows of the mind, life can change. Participating galleries are the Price Center, the Texas State Galleries at Texas State University, the San Marcos Art Center, the Walker's Gallery, El Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos, and the San Marcos Public Library. The exhibit is the second of its kind in as many years in which local art galleries have collaborated to recognize an important local artist. So set the controls for this exciting exhibit. Mind Windows. Lazé les bon temps brûlés. 
Join the mystic crew of Okeanos for the annual San Marcos Mardi Gras Parade, Saturday, February 18th, 2023, starting at 12 o'clock noon. Come be part of the parade. Enjoy the fun. The mystic crew of Okeanos Carnival Parade is an annual celebration of Mardi Gras with floats, music, and lots of fun. The parade winds through the historic district of San Marcos in downtown. A party will be had on the streets of San Marcos. The party will begin at noon at Belvin and Bishop Streets and end at North and Hutchinson Street. For more information or to sign up to be in the parade, go to www.MardiGrasSanMarcos.com. The San Marcos original Mardi Gras crew. Their mission is to bring neighbors together in the spirit of Mardi Gras to enjoy a grand and celebratory family-oriented experience. They would love to see the community unite to laugh, smile, and have some fun. Coming up on the 18th of February, Saturday, starting at noon. Come on out and enjoy the Mardi Gras Parade. It's been a public service announcement of KZSM.org, True Community Radio, here coming at you out of San Marcos, Texas, and going around the world. Celebrate a Texas tradition with your family and friends Saturday, February 18th at the 16th annual Dam Chili Cookoff at Martindale Dam. Benefiting the Youth Services Bureau, a nonprofit organization that provides free after school and summer programs for at risk youth ages 11 to 17 in San Marcos, Texas. The free program includes educational presentations, STEM experiences, and volunteer opportunities in the community. Come to the old Cotton Gin and Dam on Main Street in downtown Martindale. Gates open at 9 a.m. Live music from noon to 6 and the chili judging at 2. If you're interested in participating, visit the 16th annual Dam Chili Cookoff Facebook page. Yeah, a whole bunch of things going on. So uh, get out there. That's down in Martindale tomorrow. That's the uh, damn chili cook-off. That thing's been going for a good many years. I'm glad to see it's still rolling along. And, yeah, you know, a lot of folks are going down to Martindale, you know, running from Austin, running from San Antonio, uh, or from San Marcos. Uh, they're running from San Antonio, too. But uh, coming uh, down from San Marcos. And, you know, it is still kind of that... Oh, like we used to have, where just all sorts of festivals would just kind of happen. People come out, get together, some interesting stuff. So, yeah, go and support it. But also, before you get on out, starting at noon tomorrow, okay, you've got the parade. This grand parade that we're going to be covering. Uh, I'm going to be over off of Belvin Street, and uh, Uncle Gene is going to be over off of San Antonio Street. Starts uh, The parade starts straight at noon, and it is going across from... Uh, uh, somebody's trying to get a hold of me right in the middle of this show. You know that. And I don't even know. Hold on just a second. Hi, this is Rob Rourke. We're on the air. Did you want to be on the air tonight? Okay, can I call you back later then? Thank you. Bye now. Well, this is one of my political folks. Okay, this is just the way this show is going to be tonight, folks. Sorry about that. And uh, I 
didn't I didn't want him to I didn't want to put him on the air and put him on the spot because uh, he's got some stuff coming up for me in a couple of weeks. But he just yeah you know the people call me no matter what. Okay, so. Get out to her. I'm going to be at the parade tomorrow. Uh, Uncle Gene is going to be at the parade tomorrow. It's going to be starting at um, Jack's Roadhouse, going up Belvin Street, uh, coming back down around and uh, coming down to uh, San Antonio Street and coming back out again. So it's going all the way down into uh, North Street and uh, turning south on North Street. Yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, but it's uh, going uh, around, and you can stop in any one of those spots, uh, park, Get the kids out. Enjoy. They're going to be throwing out beads. It is a great parade. It's a great way to get out and get involved and meet your neighbors. So get out there. Meet some neighbors. Share some beads. But talk about what's going on. And there are a whole bunch of things that are going on, folks. There's folks that are going to be running for the school board. School board election is coming up. And on top of that, the San Marcos CISD has announced that they are going to be having a bond election. Now, I'm going to get some more details, and I want some people to come and talk about that, and that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about going up to May. But that is just in May, at the beginning of May, and that is your taxes. You know, bond elections come from somewhere, folks, and this is for various things. But in the past, we have... (laughs) You know, use some of these things for stadiums, for all sorts of stuff, Uh, you know, for uh, uh, bonds, for uh, uh, IT equipment that, you know, is long term, is not going to be worth anything in three or four years. You know, those kind of things you've got to watch and see what are they spending the money on. So we're going to be talking about that coming up. So the uh, who's running for school board. You know, that's going to be important. Do they support these? Why? What's, you know, what what are the reasons for that? And there's a lot of uh, things going on right now at the state legislature to uh, limit, you know, the bonds and what the schools can do and, you know, how these are presented to you. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out on that. That's going to be coming up. We're going to be talking about that here on the show. And we've got uh, some folks I know that uh, Mr. Muzzy uh, had uh, committed. I just need to get him nailed down on a time. You know, I go through these time periods where there's a lot of people trying to get on this show or certain ones for the musician shows. You know, it, it all depends. And then we got those couple weeks where it's just you know, we're just going to have to sit here and talk and tell you about upcoming shows. Uh, so Kathy's been doing that with Rice. So she's got some good ones lined up, but we've had a couple of weeks here trying to, you know, get some last minute shows going, but we've got some great stuff. So, uh, yes, tune in. That's going to be on Sunday night uh, here at 7 to 8 o'clock is Riasis and uh, Revolving Door. I'll be back for this next Sunday, 5 to 7. Okay, so we're coming up on the uh, half-hour break here. i got five more minutes uh, to talk to you. So let's take you to where I was going with this big story here on, you know, open records requests. So we started off the show talking about Mana Amiga and uh, Jordan Buckley was covering this one for the uh, uh, Caldwell Hayes Examiner. And we talked about they had requested open records. So you hear this every now and then. So what do you, you know, you, you want these records. Why do you want them? Well, part of it is that if you are doing a story or if you are going to go ahead and accuse somebody, you want to know the right things. 
Okay, and so when I say accuse, that would be like if you are um, going to be running against someone politically or you're concerned about somebody that's running politically and you think they've got a bad record when you know some certain things. Well, you have to be specific in what you request. You have to be able to go in there and navigate a system because, you know, as we talked about in this story for the last segment here, was that they go and uh, it, uh, you can, by what you ask and what gets told, they can say, no, we didn't have any records. Well, no, then they weren't flying at the time. But since they denied their request, and since they're going and they're saying, I don't want to give this out because that's like top secret for the county, okay? This is, you know, this is our... Uh, you know, flight logs and records and that people could get information from this and uh, they can know about our drone surveillance and could possibly, you know, who knows? You know, who knows? You, you get the Russians on it, they could hack anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, we're not, no, we're not talking Russian Ukraine, but, you know, this is what you're dealing with here, folks, is the, the requests. So you have to, to do these in certain ways. And they've got, you've got to go through a process. Well, for the county, the county has this portal. And you've got to go in and you've got to look at open records. So how do I request an open records request? Now, this is interesting because most counties have that. Most the city has that. You Generally, you will go through the county uh, secretary or uh, you will go through the legal department or you will go through the, uh, uh, if there is a clerk, uh, you know, the city has a clerk. You go through the city's clerk's office if you have a open records request that you'd like to make. And a lot of places now have a way that it's streamlined that you can go through and find, uh, you know, and, and, and put it in. But you don't ever talk to anybody. All right. This is what's interesting. It's all systemated. It's all automated. And it's up behind these, these walls. Now, you can get the information. You got to know what you're getting and you got to be specific about it because they will filter out you know, what you, you know, what you may or may not want here. So, county has a way to get through. Now, we're going to talk about in the next segment here, but I needed to go to the Secretary of State's office to find out whether the county had filed certain records on this recount that we've been talking about for a long time here on the show. Yeah, not a long time, but a couple months now. And it is coming to close on a few things, and we're going to talk about that when I come back. But it was interesting that for the Secretary of State's office, they've got this long thing about open records requests and how they need to be taken care of in a timely manner and what your rights are to have open records requests. Go and check out Secretary of State, uh, the Texas Secretary of State, SOS, uh, and you can go and find on their website or just google it and you will find uh the um it's it's basically kind of the list that says these are your rights and it's interesting to know but the interesting thing is if you try to go and get something from the secretary of state's office using a freedom of information hmm i'm trying to figure this one out right now 
We're going to come back and talk to you after the break. KCSM.org, True Community Radio, Sam Marcus, Texas. Hey, you know what? Since we want to make sure you know all that information about this, I'm going to run that Martindale Chili one one more time here for you. Celebrate a Texas tradition with your family and friends Saturday, February 18th at the 16th annual Dam Chili Cookoff at Martindale Dam. Benefiting the Youth Services Bureau, a nonprofit organization that provides free after school and summer programs for at risk youth ages 11 to 17 in San Marcos, Texas. The free program includes educational presentations, STEM experiences, and volunteer opportunities in the community. Come to the old cotton gin and dam on Main Street in downtown Martindale. Gates open at 9 a.m. Live music from noon to 6 and the chili judging at 2. If you're interested in participating, visit the 16th annual Damn Chili Cookoff Facebook page. Lazay le bon temps brûlé! Join the Mystic Crew of Okeanos for the annual San Marcos Mardi Gras Parade, Saturday, February 18th, 2023, starting at 12 o'clock noon. Come, be part of the parade. Enjoy the fun. The Mystic Crew of Okeanos Carnival Parade is an annual celebration of Mardi Gras with floats, music, and lots of fun. The parade winds through the historic district of San Marcos in downtown. A party will be had on the streets of San Marcos. The party will begin at noon at Belvin and Bishop Streets and end at North and Hutchinson Street. For more information or to sign up to be in the parade, go to www.MardiGrasSanMarcos.com. The San Marcos original Mardi Gras crew. Their mission is to bring neighbors together in the spirit of Mardi Gras to enjoy a grand and celebratory family-oriented experience. They would love to see the community unite to laugh, smile, and have some fun. Coming up on the 18th of February, Saturday, starting at noon. Come on out and enjoy the Mardi Gras Parade. It's been a public service announcement of KZSM.org, True Community Radio, here coming at you out of San Marcos, Texas, and going around the world. So look for me out there. I've got my beads on tonight, actually, here in the studio. Uh, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of beads. And uh, we're going to be splitting those up between Uncle Gene and I. Uncle Gene's going to be over there on San Antonio Street. I'm going to be up here on uh, Belvin Street. And look for us, listen for us. And we're going to try to get this, if all works out well, keep my fingers crossed and T-Mobile supports me, we're going to uh, try to get this live streamed as well. So tune in at noon tomorrow. Uh, and uh, then we'll bounce back in. To Celtic Corner uh, Encore, and then we've got, uh, uh, but uh, 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. While we're doing plugs for everybody's show, uh, definitely uh, uh, we've got uh, the Blitz with Damien, and uh, is going to be in here, and uh, we're going to be finding out what the heck they've been up to this week. Uh, and you know, now that they're coming into that time between. You know, this is the winter sports. Okay, you know, no football. What do we? 
play? You know, what do we put on? Well, you got ice hockey. We can talk about that. There's some good stuff going there. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, they may have to talk about uh, soccer sometime, but there's always something to be talking about. If nothing else, he is still thinking about headed back down to Key West and uh, just playing to be Jimmy Buffett down there. So I listen in tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock for the Blitz. Then uh, tune in. We're going to try to get this uh, live from the parade route tomorrow coming up tomorrow two o'clock kickback show we've got uh, a bunch of great stuff all throughout the weekend so stay tuned uh, you know look us up and come on out to the parades folks then go over to the chili dam cook off come on down tomorrow morning uh, uncle gene even said he may be uh, uh, making an appearance over here at the uh, uh shoot <laughs> He may be making an appearance down here on the square over at the farmer's market. So, I don't know. Maybe, we'll see. If I if I have somebody to help me, maybe the Winnie the Pooh suit will go on, too. I don't know. I'm not going to push it. KZSM.org, uh, True Community Radio. This is Rob Bork, your host with you. And we are talking kind of on the big loop tonight uh, between all the segments about public open records requests. So, you know, I've been working on this story, uh, and it goes back to a few years ago, 2016, not that many years ago, when we had a error here at the uh, county elections office and 1,810 votes were not counted in a countywide election. Now, there was bonds on the table at that time, and one of those bond elections was pretty darn close. I have a feeling it still would have passed even with these 1,810 votes in there, but yeah, you never know. So, when we hear all of these things at the national level, I was uh, in overhearing uh, earlier today a, a podcast from someone uh, that they were talking about uh, elections, and you know, the the uh, there's some things going on down in Georgia that Donald Trump may be sued. And I, I don't talk about the national stuff here, folks, and I'm not going to get into that. But it is a national issue, is voter integrity. Does your vote count? Now, at one level or another, we all say, yeah, I want my vote to count, and it should count. And I have seen here in the city council elections where it's been within three to six votes. You know, uh, of, uh, you know we're talking about uh, a very small you know, quarter of a percent difference, half a percent difference. So, yes, every vote counts. And I can, I can tell you, especially at the local and the small levels. But it was determined that 1,810 votes were not counted. As part of the repercussions from that and the fallback uh, or the kickback uh, to the county from uh, the activists and from people was that uh, we had a meeting over here at the VFW Hall. And that meeting was on selecting the voting machines for the county. And there was one that was an electronic. We used to have tablets, and uh, there was one electronic one. And then there was one that had paper uh, ballot, and it was a dual. It was an electronic, and it printed out a paper ballot that you had a trail that you had something you could put your hands on that you could see that you could say, yeah, that's my vote. Every vote counts. So let's flash forward to uh, 2022, six years later. And 
there were many close races. One of those races that was not as close as the others was between this gentleman named Mr. Higgins and a gentleman named Mr. Perrier. They were both running for uh, the county uh, district attorney's office. One was on the Republican ticket and was tending to be more law and order. The other was on the Democratic ticket and was saying, you know, I'm not going to prosecute marijuana and I'm not going to, you know, our jails are full and was much more progressive. Well, Mr. Higgins won by what the county says was canvassed. Okay, the final results. You get a result on election night, but then they make sure that everything's been counted. All of those late votes have come in, all of those overseas votes. If you have someone that is in the military, as long as it is in the mail and postmarked by that certain time, they give them a, a certain amount of days for it to get through in the post office to get back to the county and for it to be counted. That is your final canvas. That was sent in uh, about a week and a half, two weeks after the uh, election in, on the 8th of November. So it was the 19th, I believe it was, uh, that that went in to the, that that is the canvassed results. They're final, that if you go to the county website, you can get those results. Now, Mr. Burrier asked for a recount. So did uh, uh, in the judge's race. We were only 800 uh, between Mark Jones and uh, for Ruben Becerra. Only about 800, 900 votes. That's pretty darn close. So they did a recount there. And it was butchered up pretty badly. That was the second instance they had and uh, they had watchers and folks were keeping an eye on it and Mr. Sam Brannon came and talked about it and about how it was messed up and uh, they only did a few bags and Mark Jones said no I just I don't want to pay for this I'm not gonna you know let's just call it so third time David Perrier comes in with a whole team and he's got some deeper pockets, and he says, I'm going to pay for this. Well, in the state of Texas, you can have a recount. If you are using paper ballots, if there's a issue that, uh, you know, you question or if there was something that happened. But you have to have a reason. You have to give a reason why. If it is an electronic voting machine, you don't have to have a reason for a recount. A few years back, the state legislature changed that to make it so that recounts for electronic voting machines, you just have to ask for it, but you have to pay for it. You pay for a recount based on the ballot boxes, the number of ballot boxes. So... I got a call up from somebody and says, hey, we need people that are available. Last minute, they're paying $18.50 an hour, and they need you to count ballots. You could not have worked in the elections, and you've either got to be on the Republican or the Democratic side. Okay, Republican, go and, you know, I'll, I'll go in for this. 
So we get this big room on one wing of the downstairs at the Justice Center. If you've gone and voted in early voting at Justice Center, you've been into this huge room. We've got tables laid out. we got 10 teams. And the teams are one Republican, one Democrat, and one that can be from either the party, that is the counter. And you got two watchers. So you've got one person in the middle. We open up a ballot box. We get a stack of these ballots out. We've got two people writing down with these tally sheets. We write down the ballots and, you know, uh, and we go through and we look at one. We flip it over and we say Perrier or we say Higgins. And the people on the other side are looking at it and looking at it. We all agree. Boom. We go on. Every time we get to five, we do a tally you hear calling out across the room. Now, when you hear that tally, that means that you got to five. So you both should be saying tally at the same time. If one Republican or one Democrat did not say tally at the same time, we stopped, we went back, and we recounted to figure out where we were off. We all agreed, and we moved on. Now, we went through every single ballot box. Now, in Hayes County, there are a hundred in, or I'm sorry, go back. In Hayes County, there are 83 precincts, voting precincts. We have multiple locations for early voting and multiple locations for your voting on election day. All right. So we have to go through and count from every one of these boxes. So there's these vinyl bags, uh, they're pretty good size, that are all over on the sides of this room. And we go, we grab a bag, we come over, they open it up, they have to, you have a chain of command that monitors where this was at, they open it up, this is the seal, this is the seal, we close it back up again. We know no one can mess with these bags, no one can mess with this process. All right. So we go and we count. We have one of the tally sheets goes back in the bag with these, you know, and we have to do these by precinct. Okay, so in any polling location, you can have multiple precincts. You can have precinct 113, 114, 115. You can have precinct 235. You can have precinct 3-something. You can have precinct 4-something. All of the precincts in the county of Hayes and most Texas counties, uh, are by the um, the judges usually you've had a county judge and you've got a commissioner's court of four judges and each one of those commissioner's courts uh, has precinct one through you know whatever it may be okay it's a hundred and something and so in this case precinct one in uh, Hayes County uh, judge uh, or um, I'm sorry yeah uh, Debbie Inglesby is our commissioner for that precinct, and that generally lies in southeast Hayes County. That is I-35 to the county line, all the way down to uh, Caldwell County, all the way up to uh, about mid part of the, towards Kyle in that area. All right. And these are divided up. So Precinct 113 is somewhere down uh, over in Dunbar area, uh, for instance. So we go and we count that ballot box from Dunbar, and 113 would be in there, 112 would be in there, some of the certain ones, and we'd count, and Dunbar had a uh, for election day. All right. So 
you count up all of these for each one of these precincts. And we have tally sheets. One of the tally sheets goes back in, we seal it back up, we put it over, we go to the next ballot box, we count the next ballot box. These tally sheets go over to a table on the other side of the room. And that is the, uh, the people that were administrating this elections and administrating this uh, counting. And they were over there. And we're going to talk about what happened to those tally sheets because that's where this gets real interesting when we come back from the break. This is KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and uh, Rob Rourke, your host. The views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTX CRA. And this gentleman was uh, on uh, with us last week, you can catch us up there on the podcast, uh, talking about Skill Point Alliance. Uh, great program, and uh, we still have a few more weeks. Please, if you know of any youth or anyone that needs a job, anyone that needs some training, hey, this is free. Let's get them in. Let's get them connected up. SkillPoint Alliance is a nonprofit organization that provides free hands-on workforce development training courses in the skilled trade industry, and it's expanding its manufacturing program to Hayes County offering a free certified production technician course held at Signifies Manufacturing Facility in San Marcos. And this class is scheduled to begin February 27th. The deadline to register is February 26th. Upon completing the six weeks program, students can find employment as a manufacturing technician, process technician, equipment technician, fab associate, machine operator, assembler, and many more. The course includes working with the CNC mill, soldering station, 3D printer, VR headsets, the skill boss, and much more. Students will receive their OSHA 10 safety certification, forklift certification, Haas CNC certification, and Lean Six Sigma white belt certification. Whether you have years of experience or very little, these hands-on classes are designed to help you enter the workforce quickly. Classes operate Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. and run for six weeks. Again, these classes are offered free of charge, so sign up today. You can visit www.skillpointalliance.org. That is www.skillpointalliance.org. That is skillpointalliance.org to apply. Or you can contact Alda Ramirez, the admission manager, at 512-323-6773. This has been a public service announcement of KZSM.org, True Community Radio here in San Marcos, Texas. Yeah, here in San Marcos, Texas, you're here with Rob Rourke on your Friday night connection on how you can get involved locally to make a difference. This show is called We the People. It is your show. It's about you, and it's about how you can be empowered. And this is what we talk about on the show. It's what's going on locally, not as much at the national level, but we are talking about an issue that has been at the national, but it is really here in our own backyard, is this recount between this prayer and 
you know, the the teams, I guess, you know, it's just, it's not as much the candidate as after this point. It's the teams that line up to support the candidates. It's, this is what's getting interesting with this one. And uh, for Mr. Higgins. So we are here at having a uh, uh, tally sheets that then get added up at this table. They get put into a spreadsheet. And those are the new totals that we have. So up to this point in time, we're all agreed, you know, that it's pretty close. But I start to hear some things from one of the camps that because the Perrier camp has a team that is sitting there looking over their shoulders and they're making copies of everything. And they're saying that there were some of these tally sheets that got missed. Okay, let's see what happens. So... All comes down to the end, and uh, I was one of the last ones out. Kind of closed the closed the doors and shut the lights. We were one of the last boxes out of there at about uh, 2.30 on uh, a uh, weekday back in December. And we're coming up on the holidays, and this is just frying everybody's nerves. They want to get it done with. So the county has a... Uh, uh, has a news conference that they'd called. Now, interesting thing is I never did see anything come across some of the, you know, I'm on a lot of things here, and I, I didn't see that call go out that there was a news conference going to be had, but I could have missed it. Okay, I'll go for that. But there was folks there that covered it, and I got wind of it a couple days later. I said, wait a minute, that was the same day we finished up. They already had a news conference that the county judge is quoted as saying that there was not a significant difference in the outcome and it did not change the final outcomes of the elections for this race. Okay, so they had it all counted up, all ready to go. So I'm waiting to see, you know, well, is something's going to get sent to the state? Because the law is, the statutes that are there, is that if there is a difference no, we didn't have to say there had to be a significant difference, but if there is a difference in the count of a hand count versus the electronic count that was sent in for the initial canvas, then there has to be a new canvas sent in to the state. All right. So my first request out of all this, I did get a spreadsheet from the, uh, uh, from the per year uh, camp and that was given to them by the county that had all of the totals by precinct and all of the early voting and everything and all these totals. So I went and I took this uh, spreadsheet and com compared it to the initial canvas. And the initial results that I'm getting right now are showing that we had out of the 80 some odd uh, precincts in the county, 26 of those had a variance of 2% or more. Some of those were huge variations in a percentage of the votes, okay? So we had heard what I had been uh, shown was that there was an affidavit that was sent to uh, uh, the judge's office and said that, uh, hey, you guys are missing a couple of these tally sheets didn't get counted. Okay. Didn't hear any more. 
didn't hear. I said, did you guys get any response? No. Okay. You know, I want to hear both sides of this. I want to know what's going on. You know, we're journalists. We're citizens, but we're journalists, and we've got to be fair, and we've got to be uh, and look into these things before we go jumping up and down and screaming bloody murder, which I will once I get to a point. But right now, all I know is from one side of the story. So I go to the county and I ask the county for two things. I said, number one, I want to know uh, what the final uh, count was that was submitted to the state. Secondly, I want to know uh, what time the of the uh, um, what time did you have the uh, press conference and was there a printed statement or anything given out uh, a press release? No press release time was at five o'clock so it was after we completed and I was worried that it was before we'd even completed that they already had this in the cards that they were going to make a statement and I still I still think it was too early to make that statement but it is what it is I'm just reporting the facts now for the total they gave me a total figure they gave me so many votes for Higgins and so many votes for Perrier and that is supposedly what was sent to the state okay yeah, it's not the spreadsheet. I was really looking to get a confirmation the spreadsheet that I had was correct, but the spreadsheet all added up to that. So I'm going to assume that's correct for right now. We'll get to that later. But next thing is I need to go to the state of Texas. And I've got a request from the state of Texas what the number is that was submitted to them for the initial canvas. I want to make sure I've got the right numbers that I'm comparing for the initial canvas that was done by the machines and what that new canvas was so I'm going I'm trying to find there's an email but it's like to you know it's a generic email to send it in you can't go to anybody specific I'm going through this hey here's a phone number to call well it goes to a phone tree you know you try to hit zero on these no you can't get to an operator eventually I got to a live person she had a nice Texas drawl probably Houston you know and I was glad to know that at least I wasn't being sent for customer service overseas for the Texas uh, State Department you know and that, that was pretty good all right you know first off and this person gave me a name of somebody gave me an email and gave me a phone number she tried to call him he wasn't available says well I'll, I'll you know uh, I'll get you this information I'll get you back over to somebody else well I just went back into the phone tree again never could get out and I just said okay I've got some information so I've called he was not in the office yesterday I called left a message today uh, I tried to send an email directly to him but I got stopped at the firewall because I'm evidently they've got some protections in there but I did send a email through a generic email we'll see where it goes and I left a message so we'll see for those two requests what I get back. And I told them, I'm, so I'm with KCSM uh, Radio in San Marcos, Texas. I'm writing a story. Help me out. So we're going to be following that over the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about how and when you need to really push those freedom of information buttons how you can do it and how it can help and we're going to be talking about this story as it's you know i'm going to give everybody a chance to to agree or disagree but we're coming down to the end of the story and it's going to be written and we're going to be uh, it really is looking at this point that 
Yeah, if the county goes back and decides to clean up their sloppy work on an Excel spreadsheet, okay, and there's reasons I say that. I'm not going to go into them on the air. It's too detailed. But, you know, those missing ones that were reported, those numbers are coming up exact that were off in the count from what was submitted for the hand count and what was actually there uh, from the machines. Overall, across the county, you're at 2.6% as it stands right now, unless the county changes their, their tune. We're going to see what happens, folks. Are you good with 2.6%? Does your vote count? Why don't you think about this? If you're part of the 98% or 97%, and your vote counted, and you're part of that 3% that didn't, is that acceptable? for us think about that we're gonna come back at you this is rob Rourke. thanks for tuning in friday night with care is coming up next and get out there and see us at the parades tomorrow the mardi gras parade google it look it up go on out there we're going to be out on belvin street out on san antonio street starting out at 12 tomorrow get out to the martindale damn chili cook-off thanks for tuning in y'all get out there make a difference let's talk about these things but we're all neighbors we can all get along